0: Luke chapter 16, and this is uh, the, the portion of the word that we will focus upon today in the expounding of the Bible. Luke chapter 16, and we'll read verse 19 towards the end of the chapter. Luke 16, verse 19. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in hell where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. Because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over there to us. He answered, "Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not come also coming to this place of torment." Abraham replied, "They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them." No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And he said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. May the Lord help us to understand this portion from the Bible. I don't know if you... If you uh, picked it up, and commentators are not so sure how to understand this, but it is not a parable. A parable is usually something that Jesus told and he said, the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he told the parable. This is not a parable. It seems to be real history. So just that as a thought. And those of you who have the uh, so-called red-letter editions in the Bible uh, will also perhaps find that in some cases this is not in red letters. As if it's necessarily the word of the Lord that he himself spoke Jesus. It is, of course, the word of God that he added into the Bible. And it's all part of the teaching of Jesus, but it's interesting to know that it is not a parable. Many, or not many years ago, Australia's richest man then had a heart attack. James Packer, who will be remembered perhaps for his TV channels and his magazines and his involvement in sports and cattle industry and gambling had a near-death experience. When he had his heart attack and his near-death experience, when he got through that he said, there is no devil, there is no heaven There is nothing. This statement was televised more than once as if the uh, validity and trustworthiness of the argument rests upon the fact that he was clinically dead, confirmed by the reality that he was the richest man in Australia. It remains a tragedy that anyone should face eternity without saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyone, no matter how poor or rich, how intelligent or dumb, or how old or young or healthy or sick, who does not live by the faith in Christ, who died, Jesus Christ who died to become our righteousness and arose again to become our door to the Father. Such a person dies in utter despair and enters the eternal condemnation of hell. Now, it's not easy for me to say these things. And don't think that I think I'm a hero for saying that. It's just plain common, the message of the Bible. We can take this statement and read it in the positive. Anyone who then dies having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who died to become your righteousness and who rose again to become our door to the Father, dies in the unshakable certainty of heaven and enters eternal happiness in the presence of God. But there is, of course, the, the opposite of this. Now, I just thought I'd bring the gospel to you this morning in very simple terms. Very simple terms, it's something you can help others too when you talk about things, about the kingdom of God. So, I'm not assuming that you are sitting here this morning and you're on your way to hell. I'm not assuming that. Okay? But I'm assuming that if it is the case that God will use this for your glory, for his glory and your salvation. On the other hand, I, 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 I would like to think that you, that you can take this along and that you may use that for the glory of God when you speak to others who don't believe. When, uh, first of all, how can we, we be sure of heaven and hell? How, how can we be sure about that? When interviewed, a young man was asked about heaven. To me, heaven is nothing more, he said, than a, a black hole in the ground with a coffin in it. There's nothing more than that. I have not seen any proof of anything more. Now, well, I have told you about a certain person that I've come across that I've been talking to, on my travels and he said the exact same thing he said don't talk to me about your rubbish he said when I die they'll put me down six foot under and that's the end of me now how can we be sure that there is heaven and hell well the simple answer to that is listen listen you can, you can that you can use your hand. The Bible tells me so. Okay, the Bible tells me so. Now we'll just first of all look at that. How can we then be sure? We believe the Bible is the inerrant and authoritative Word of God. We look at what God says in His Word and we believe it. This belief comes from the work of the Holy Spirit who was the author of the scriptures and as such we believe the bible when it tells the story of the rich man and Lazarus the rich man ended up in hell and then asked Abraham who was on the other side of this big divide between them i beg you father send Lazarus to my father's house for i have five brothers let them warn them let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment and then Abraham replied, "This listen, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. Now, what does this mean, Moses and the prophets? Now, that was the common th- uh, term used then for the Bible. That was that's what it is. They have Moses and the prophets. That's that's where God revealed Himself." before the writers of the New Testament were inspired to write the New Testament. Even our Lord Jesus quoted everything he quoted from the Old Testament. And the Lord says, uh, this paragraph then says, Let them listen to Abraham uh, Moses and the prophets. Moses and the prophets then was the Bible. The rich man was not happy and begged for more. If someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. You know, that's what we think too, isn't it? If someone from the dead would knock on my door one night and, or one day and say, Well, I'm back. And you say, So what are you doing here? I, I'm just, I just want to warn you there's hell. Uh, Are we waiting for something like that to happen? Besides the fact that it it will not make an impression on you, it might scare you, but it will not make an impression on you, I don't know of any occurrence that it really did happen. Do you know? Someone who rose from the dead to tell others about the help? Well, of course Jesus did. it. <laughs> uh, but apart from that, I don't know of anyone. So, the Bible we have is God's word, and that is infallible. It's, it's the truth. What it says is what God wants us to know. God reveals himself in the Bible. So for the young man who wants some proof that heaven is more than a black hole in the ground filled with a coffin, our answer is, study the Bible. If there is uh, existential or physical proof of heaven, faith will not necessarily follow. I read a book the other day, of a professor in biology, and he is—he uh, is—it's an absolutely amazing things that he writes about DNA. Amazing things, and you know what? After he'd written all the whole thing about the wonders of DNA and 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 the wonders in which God revealed him, or well, he didn't believe that, but our, our God put us together. He still says, "I believe that all comes became." came came about because of evolution. So, the existential proof of heaven and hell is not necessarily followed by faith. Faith as a result of accepting the Word of God and the Word of God as the Bible, that brings saving faith. So we believe in heaven and hell because... The Bible tells us so. Okay, that's point number one. You now, the next question is now, how can I believe the Bible? I mean, if the Bible tells me so and, and you say that's true, who says the Bible has got it right? The interesting point, of course, is the fact that those who reject the Bible usually have not read it. The challenge is this: Go, read, study, take in the Bible message, and then answer this question: Why should I not believe the Bible? If the modern, if the modern scientific methodology says you don't need to prove things because that's what it is these days, I was amazed when in Townsville we lived there with students going to university, and. It is the methodology is just the opposite of what it was some years ago. Some years ago it was, you have to prove things. These days they say, no, you don't need to prove it. You only need to disprove it. So, if you say, the sun is shining, that's a fact, you have to accept that. If you don't want the sun to shine, you have to disprove the fact that the sun is not shining. So, if I say, there is God, is there, and the Bible is right. Then, of course, the methodology applied in scientific research these days would say disprove me. Before you can even try to disprove it, you need to study it. You need to compare it. Answer the fact of the Bible, of the Bible, and then try to answer the message of the Bible. You will have to answer to the wonder of its unity, its historical accuracy, its predictive prophecy, its intellectual integrity, its teaching, and its life transforming power. And we'll hear about that a while later. I don't know of anyone who who read any other book that has been so transformed by what they've read that that it actually put their hands and their feet and their mind and their lips and their tongue and everything in motion. I'm not at all surprised that some people reject the reality of heaven and hell if they don't read and study the Bible. It's the same for me to say that I don't believe in the existence of atoms and DNA. I can only say so because I don't know nothing about it. But the fact that I don't know something about it does not mean it is not true. That's the fact of the argument. But how can I believe the Bible? Start reading it. Then ask yourself, why should I not believe it? the challenges out there for those who have read the Bible and study it, need to see if you can walk away unchanged. These people will tell you of people who just couldn't withstand the work of the power of the Spirit. So when when we, we, say, so how do we know when there's heaven and hell? Well, the Bible tells us. So how do we know the Bible is truth is the truth? Well, study it first, read it first, work it out for yourself, and God will reveal it to you. Because the, the, the mind of the flesh and the heart of the flesh cannot understand these things. It is when the Spirit makes it truth, uh, open our heart to the truth, that we understand it that way. So what does the Bible teach us? The Bible teaches us in summary, I mean, there's a lot of things to in the Bible, and I don't even try to attempt this morning to teach you the Bible, but I will tell you about the Bible. Um, And of course, in the process, I'll teach you the Bible, but not all of what it says. It teaches us about the Creator. The Bible says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. This means God created the entire universe, and he uh, He sustains it by His mighty power. Nothing seen or unseen exists by itself or of its own resources. And and this is the message that you and I need to take out to a world today who whose mind is just so brainwashed. And I'm going to use this, this term brainwashed because their argument against Christians is you are brainwashed. Uh, fact of the matter is anyone who believes in anything else is brainwashed you cannot go through this world with your mind not being your brain not being washed in some way as long as it's clean in the end um the, then there, the Bible tells us there's a heaven, which is the dwelling place of God, and Jesus came from God in heaven, and he returned to his heavenly dwelling place. And there he prepares a room for those whom the Father has given him, and he will return one day, and then there will be judgment of the living and the dead. Now that's what the Bible teaches us. Heaven is a reality because God is is the Creator, and He is reality. To worship the Creator God and not believe in how He revealed Himself in the Scripture is just foolishness. Uh, to not worship the Creator God is similarly, similarly foolishness, because only the fool says in his heart, there is no God. God created man to live in his presence. He created the heavens and the earth, and he wants man to live in a relationship with God. Man rebelled against God and he was he was then uh, Uh, driven from the presence of God. In His mercies, God provided for man to be saved from his rebellious ways and to be forgiven once again to live in the presence of God. And in the Old Testament, God uh, created the sacrificial system and only the last two weeks we... We, we looked at that sacrificial system and how the Lord Jesus Christ then came as the perfect Lamb of God and he did away with the sacrificial system so that we now may be saved in the blood of the Lamb. Living in a relationship with God. God made it possible for heaven to become an immediate reality for those who believe in him. He also became a guarantee of eternal life in the new heaven and earth for those who believe in his name. All these put together uh, in the Bible, God God's term of heaven. Heaven, therefore, is not only a place, it is also a state of eternal enjoyment and gracious presence of the forgiving Father. The opposite of that, of course, is, is hell. Uh, there is a devil, whether we, whether some people say it or not, There is a personal being, the devil, and there is a place like hell, which is a place of torment, pain, and suffering. Hell is not only a place, but it also is a state of being in the wrathful presence of the just and holy God who punishes rebellion and sin against those who rejected the grace extended to them in Christ Jesus. So the question is, how do I get to heaven or hell? Well, the easy answer to that, how do you get to hell? Just don't do nothing. Just do, not do nothing. You'll get there. How do, I get to how do I get to hell? Jesus Christ will come again with his glory as he entered into our world in the first time. And this time he will not be born as the Savior of the world. He will be the Judge of the world. But before he returns, people die and enter eternity. Their bodies return to the dust to see corruption, the Bible says. But their souls, which neither die or sleep, because they have an immortal uh, subsistence, immediately return to God who gave them. The souls of the righteous, being then made perfect in holiness in Christ Jesus, are received into the highest heavens where they see the face of God in the light and glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there they wait for the full redemption of their bodies when we receive a new heaven and a new earth. The souls of the wicked are cast into hell, and there they remain in torments and utter darkness reserved for the judgment of the great day. And at the return of Christ, those who have not died will be changed in the wink of an eye, the Bible says, to receive an immortal body. Then all will be called to appear before the judgment throne of God. Then Christ will judge all men who live upon the face of the earth. All will have to give an account of their thoughts, their words, their deeds, and to receive according what they have done in the body, the Bible says, whether good or evil. This uh, event will be, at this event, will be a display of the justice of God when He will condemn the unrighteousness to eternal destruction and He will receive those who are washed in the blood of the Lamb according to His eternal decree in His eternal home, which the Bible calls heaven. Now you may ask, why do we preach these things? We preach these facts from the Bible in order that all who hear it may prepare themselves for that day. Yes, my dear brother and sister, the groom is still on his way. And we, like the ten maidens, are waiting. Some of us will have the lamb's oil to be ready for the hour of his return, and others will be foolish and fall asleep. They will miss out on the return of the groom. So where do we stand? Is 2010 perhaps the last year on earth? What then? Why don't we don't know the date of the last day? Only God does. We don't have any security on earth no matter how rich we are or how good we think we are, we need forever to be watchful. We need to be prepared to pray, come Lord Jesus. Yes, come quickly. Dear friend, anyone who does not live by faith in Christ, him who died to become your righteousness, and who rose again to become our door to the Father, dies in utter despair and enters eternal condemnation of hell. On the other hand, anyone who dies by faith in Christ, who died to become our righteousness, he who rose again to come to become our door to the Father, dies in this unshakable certainty of heaven. And enters eternal happiness in God's presence. The Bible says, I'm making everything new. Why? Write down these words. Why? They are trustworthy and true. The Bible is God's Word. Today was the first message to His church gathered here in Kerrang after we remembered and celebrated His death and resurrection yet another year. May He give us the grace that those who have ears will listen. To his name be glory. Amen.